Do 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 do. Welcome back to Cop Monologuing. I'm Ryan Kunzer. I'm Errol Koenig. I'm Alex Husman. In case you hadn't noticed, we have a third host here tonight. Yes. Hi, I'm Alex. It's a friend of ours and an expert now on Legion and Iron Fist. And by expert, we mean he's watched it. <laughs> Just more than I have. So I will be bowing out after the news portion of this episode to allow my two co-hosts to discuss uh, Iron Fist and Legion. Spoilers and all. So yes, stay tuned for definitely, that. Definitely, definitely spoiler right. alert. But let's jump into the news, shall we? Let us. So, first up is some pretty big news, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, Batgirl is not only getting her own movie, uh, but Joss Whedon is set to direct it. Or he's um, he's nearing the end of deal, of talks to, to write, direct, and produce it. Yes. He really wants this to make this movie. Uh, I'm very excited. Mm-hmm. Um, also, on top of that, uh, there is currently a front runner for the role of Batgirl, um, that being Lindsay Morgan from The Hundred. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't think any of us have seen that show before, but I'm sure she's probably <laughs> fine. <laughs> but Josh Whedon—that's a—that's some big. That is. That's yeah. a big stuff. I mean, uh, Joss Whedon's the man behind Avengers uh, and Avengers Age of, Age of Ultron. He did Buffy and Firefly and Doctor Horrible and all kinds of other stuff that nerds love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I'm excited. Um, what yeah. are you guys' thoughts? I'm I'm interested to see a little bit how much co- how much he makes it sort of comic booky versus sure. sort of the more dark superhero movie that I think we've that seen DC that DC definitely yeah. goes with normally. Yeah, this is um, part of the DC universe, so he's going to have to balance that right, somehow. Yeah. Right. Well, I don't necessarily know if he has to balance it, but he's. I think this might be a move by the DC universe by Warner Brothers to counteract all the negative press they've been getting about you know all the darkness and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but funny enough, uh, just online in my various forums and whatnot, um, uh, Top I was re- research. Yeah, well, uh, I I just saw some discussions about this movie, and there was a lot of people saying, "Oh no, this isn't good. Why are they just greenlighting Batgirl when they don't even have a director for Flash? They don't have a director, mm-hmm. writer, star for Green mm-hmm. Lantern. Nothing for." Uh, Shazam, except for The Rock, which by itself is enough. But still, <laughs> if they just had The Rock's like flexing for like an hour and a half with Black Adam, I was like, you know what, that's good. That, people will pay. Look up. Besides the point, back to Batgirl. Um, people were, uh, I guess, really not against it, but they were questioning like, why is this a thing? Why is this being made when there's still mm. so many other bigger properties uh, within DC that they could have gone to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I mean, like you said, this could be a very deliberate step away from mm-hmm. their plan that they've had. Uh, you know, The Flash, notwithstanding, I think Batgirl is a good opportunity to make it more comic booky. Yeah, like Alex was saying. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, well, it could be something like that. And I definitely think it's hard with also a lot of the baggage mm-hmm. that you sort of get from all these other characters that gets tagged on because of their previous horrible movies. Like Green yeah. Lantern is a huge example, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Terrible, terrible movies before this. And so I think it might be a step for them away from that, mm-hmm. you know, very traditional universe and movie 
crew that they have of set or sorry roster of characters yeah. and and trying to go in a new direction. You could argue it should be called the league, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I have a theory as to why this movie is being made instead of the other ones. Mm-hmm. I think Joss Whedon really wanted to make like this either. I think he wrote a. Uh, so this is a theory inside of a theory. Okay. <laughs> the first theory is that um, he came to. DC came to Warner Brothers with, you know, if not a script, just a really good idea, really fleshed out, like, here's how I want it to be, this is what's happened, this is the type of character, pretty much all the pre-production, or most of the pre-production, maybe except for the script, maybe even wrote the script, Mm -hmm. he had all of it ready to go, and he said, hey, uh, I want to make this, and because he's Joss Whedon, they let him show the pitch, and they're like, okay, cool, make it. Mm Mm-hmm. So that's the theory. The theory inside the theory uh-huh. is that he wrote a uh, Black Widow script for Marvel. Oh. Marvel, I don't know whether or not they wanted to run with it. or This is a theory within a theory in this world. I think maybe they just thought it wasn't time or maybe they didn't want to work with Joss again. Mm-hmm. Whatever the deal was, um, I think he took that script, modified it to be another human character in a different comic book world and pitch it to dc mm-hmm. so those are my, my my theories and my theories of theories and theories doing yes. theories so it, it would be a sort of a neat disconnect in the sense of departing from a lot of the previous work right mm-hmm. that's been done in these universes of trying to make a like a almost a, a darker but more serious solo female super movie yeah um mm-hmm. uh definitely given i i Based on, I know, some people's reactions to Supergirl, which I think mm-hmm. a lot of people sort of very on very pop, um, like, pop pink girl uh, um, vibe to it. Which That being said, I do really like Supergirl. Oh, yeah, no, of it's a lot this, of fun. Of the CW shows, I think that might yeah. be my favorite one. But. Yeah, no, 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 definitely. It's a great show. I think I think for a lot of people, though, it, it definitely didn't have that, like, tinge of darkness that they normally associate and realism that they normally That's associate true. with, like, especially DC characters. Yeah, well, especially with, I guess, within the CW shows with Arrow, because exactly. Arrow is such a dark show. That's one of the things that makes it so good, mixing these things like what... I guess took some of it, but like instead of the darkness, they put lights and flowers. In <laughs> um, and I say that jokingly, but also I I'm, I like it. So yeah, it works for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah. All right, let's move on then. Uh, next up, we have Kingsman. Uh, Kingsman yes. Two. First of all, has a title: Kingsman: The Golden Circle. I think it's had a title for a while, right? Not that long. Yeah. Well, it's a thing. Okay. Mm-hmm. It has a title. It does, <laughs> and an accompanying poster with a with somebody holding a uh, a golden lasso, mm-hmm. uh, which nice. has my interest peaked. But in addition to that, their uh, release date has also been moved up. Ooh, oh, yes. So it's been moved up one week from oh. October sixth. Yeah, yes, it's not a okay. big one. <laughs> But it moved up from October 6th to September 29th, 2017. Mm. Okay. Yeah, so I haven't looked at the schedule. I don't know if this has any significance um, I in wonder... terms of uh, what it might be going against, what it right. used to be going against. There might be a movie that was dropped in there, maybe a movie dropped out and they saw it as an opportunity for them to jump in, uh, take advantage. But I don't know. 
Um, I mean, it's not that big of a difference in terms of, you know, time frame. So, I mean, if they had, like, a huge jump from, like, you know, fall of 2018 to, like, early summer of 2018, mm-hmm. that, w- that would have been, like, a bigger jump. But I think, you know. Yeah. Uh, it, the only other major movie that looks like it's coming out that same weekend uh, that they moved away from is Blade Runner mm-hmm. 2049. Oh, they moved away from Blade Runner? Yes. Do we not okay. think that My Little Pony is a <laughs> giant uh, audience competition? Somehow, <laughs> I'm not sure My Little Pony, the movie, is competing for the same audience. Probably. So presumably rated R Kingsman. <laughs> yes. Sequel. Um, yeah, I think there's very little overlap. Um, a certain subset of bronies, if you will. Um, I, can, I can definitely understand if they're moving it because of Blade Runner, though. Yeah, because um, so far all I've heard about the new Blade Runner is that it was really good. Yeah. Um, at CinemaCon, they had a showing of either a new trailer or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, CinemaCon was this last week, um, so they had a lot of stuff coming out. Um, and yeah. they showed something, and people are really excited. Um, Harrison Ford's in it, and so is Ryan Gosling, and people enjoy looking at them. So, <laughs> Yeah, yeah uh, fair enough. I don't know. I I've I harbored a deep love for the Blade Runner series, um, and so I'm really hoping that this reboot goes well because uh, I'm, well, uh, I I just I hope it doesn't sort of flub in the in the mm-hmm. way that recent reboots um, have yeah. unfortunately found challenging uh, ground. <laughs> yes, we, we have covered that extensively in previous episodes. Yes, yes our feelings about cursive reboots and or if reboots are successful, or how to do reboots, or all that stuff. So if you want to hear more about that, check out previous episodes. Um, So yeah. Cool. Cool. Transition! All right, next! (laughs) Disney confirms a couple more Star Wars movies. Yes. Not any Uh, named Star Wars movies, or movies in particular, uh, but they said that they are looking at their plans into the 2030s and beyond. Guess what? That's in the future. Yes. And stuff's <laughs> going to happen, and it's exciting, but and I like Star Wars. But is it in a galaxy far, far away? Um, apparently. Well, actually, <laughs> technically, it's in our galaxy, but also, it's it's a whole thing. <laughs> it's, you know, yeah. doesn't matter. Very excited. Yes. Um, I like see... Star Wars. There's going to be lightsabers. There's going to be... I mean, you don't really need much else. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm just curious to see what they do about, uh, or how they handle Carrie Fisher's character. Because apparently they're not modifying the movie for this this next movie that has her yeah. character. Well, I think, she, from what I heard, she already finished um, her shooting mm, for yes. episode 8. Right. Episode 9, however, they got to figure something out. Yeah. I don't know how they're going to do it. Uh, interested in seeing how that plays out. Um, but yeah. Should be. I believe in them. It, it's, she probably would, well, I don't know. They did. Say, they said that they're not going to do you know CGI to mm-hmm. bring her in, uh, yeah. like they did with uh, in um, Rogue One. Yeah. So, which I'm glad about, for you know ethical reasons as well as it looks weird when they do that reasons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, their mouth looks fun. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so. <laughs> um, so yeah. Um, speaking of more movies. Uh, Ghostbusters. They're playing a couple sequels as well. More reboots! Yes! Uh, So, before this podcast, we got into a little bit of an... Well, not an argument, but a discussion Mm. about whether or not we like the new Ghostbusters. Um, 
I am in the camp that I like the new Ghostbusters a lot. Uh, well, you know, Alex was in the anti-Ghostbusters. I don't like it. <laughs> Ryan, where'd you land again? I didn't see it. Okay, so Ryan landed far, far away. <laughs> um, completely missing the target. Um, however, the the reason why, I guess, things got a little bit contentious, if you will, uh, is um, I, I might like the new one more than the original. Which I think is sacrilege, of course. But. And the thing is, like, I know as I'm saying it, it feels wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, just in my mind... The best part about Ghostbusters mm. as a franchise is Bill Murray. Oh, His yeah. performance yeah. in the first Ghostbusters, yep. amazing. And the song. So, uh, true. <laughs> the song, the song is, is a so huge good. part of it. So good. The song is so good. Um, which they did include the song in the new one. Uh, but they made it weird. No, no, no. They updated it, but they also included the original too. Okay, well, that's fair. So... We don't need to go into a discussion yeah, yeah, about yeah. whether or not the new song was good versus the old one, because it, it wasn't as good. <laughs> um, Spoiler! <laughs> uh, but, you know, I I thought, whatever. But yeah. my reasoning behind this, because I feel like I should back it up, because, you know, without backing it up, I still find myself crazy. <laughs> I... I I like, I guess, modern movies because I like quicker, faster-paced movies. I don't mm. like things that drag a little bit. And not saying that Ghostbusters dragged, mm. but movies in the 80s and, you know, before now, often were slower in pacing. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just something with how I like my movies is I like them to, you know, be quick, you know, mm-hmm. get to the point. I thought the new one was good because it, you know, did all the stuff that they had to. Um, I thought all the acting was really good. Um, I'm a huge fan of all four of the of the Busters, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, I'm willing a lot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but <laughs> see, it's funny because that was actually one of my my bigger complaints about the movie. Um, I guess sort of for me because uh, to me, Ghostbusters was always kind of. Uh, like silly one-liners punctuated by, mm. you know, either a random car chase or some ridiculous, sure. you know, zap scene. Um, and it kind of it kind of felt like the new movie tried to compress a lot of that content mm. uh, much more quickly into into sort of shorter bits. Yeah. Um, and I think I think for me, what happened was is you know I would watch all that and. I sort of like felt like the story started to disconnect from itself almost. Like it sort of felt like there were chunks of the movie that were just kind of strung together. Um, and here's the thing. Yeah, you know, it's, what? it's well, kind of a preference thing, right? It's. I, you know what? Actually, let me rephrase uh, my earlier comment. Mm. Uh, I don't necessarily think the new one, or I don't think the new one's a better movie. I think the original one is a better movie. Mm. However, I enjoyed myself more mm. at the new one. Okay. Also, I'm going to add this add to this. Um, the only times, or the the only times I've seen, I guess the original Ghostbusters was on like a TV or on a computer. Mm-hmm. Watching this new one, we got to see it on the big screen. That, at least for me, plays mm-hmm. a huge factor. You know, getting to see the ghost fly around, I thought that was cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, while I'm sure that was back in the '80s, the effects that they had there was also amazing. But yeah. like, for me now, the 
new ghost flying around, whatever. Mm-hmm. I liked it. So yeah, yeah. I can I can totally see your point on that stuff. Yeah, that it, so, the new one is can, can be a more enjoyable movie in places. If yeah, yeah, it, it, especially if oh. your tastes are faster paced. Right, right. I um, my I will my. just say I one pet peeve and then I'm out about it. But sure. um, the there's a lot of one liners that get repeated uh, at odd inter- like at odd places. Like also, remember how, remember how in the original Ghostbusters like mm-hmm. it was always those stupid one liners like especially that Bill Murray had yeah um, I feel like they kind of shoehorned those into this movie like they sort of felt almost unnaturally catchphrasey at points yeah um, and and That's my cool. hope is that they and sort of to link this back to why we're talking about this right is my hope yeah. is that they in the new movie try to take a lot of because I know, I know that the debate got very contentious about the whole Ghostbusters thing. Sure. Um, but I'm hoping that they take at least some of the more reasonable criticism and try to... Yeah. You know. And because the thing is, with Ghostbusters, it's... Or with, with this new Ghostbusters, it's really tough. Yeah. With all the criticism about it. Yep. Because 95% of that, or... It, yeah, a lot of it was yeah, not... Yeah, a lot of it was just... or... You know, ladies, they yeah. have yeah. cooties... Or yeah. the adult version of that, which is a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm just, I'm just, I just hope there's another giant marshmallow man. I'm gonna be honest. I'm really hoping. Yeah, holding out. I, I mean, <laughs> I'm excited for the future ones. Um, not only for the marshmallow mm. uh, people, because <laughs> uh, just to see, because now that they made the reboot mm-hmm. they've already i guess done all the things to appease to old ghostbusters fans right. they could finally or alienate well defending they tried <laughs> <laughs> so they have these characters now they can go and see what they can do with them they yeah. don't have to necessarily shoehorn anything mm-hmm. new because you know yeah that's true their base audience are the people that enjoyed this first one yeah. not necessarily people who enjoyed you know, or extremely uh, nostalgic about yeah. the original one. So I, I do hope they do that. I really, I do hope they try to develop the characters more because yeah. I think that would be a, a great strong point if yeah. they wanted to continue this. I also think just to shut up the people that got mad about having the one black person be yeah. a subway person, uh, that, so yes, I agree. Not a good look. No. Um, <laughs> however... Uh, I think I've mentioned this before on the podcast, um, but, mm-hmm. you know, the only reason they did that, originally, that part was Melissa McCarthy's. That was the role she was going to play. Then Leslie Jones just came and Leslie jones all over the place, <laughs> uh, which is really good. I, lo- I love me some Leslie Jones, yep. and she was great in that She's role. Great. Oh, and yeah. had to move Melissa McCarthy to this other position. I presume Kristen Wiig was also in there, and... Yeah. They just filled out the cast with how they filled it out. So, it's not a good look, but I'm not mad at it. Hopefully yeah. they might add in the future ones maybe a more... Well, I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not going to yeah. get into it, but if they want to, I guess, try to correct that yeah. image. I just I hope they try to, as much as they can, break out of the old mold, right? And yeah. try try something new. Don't like I hope they don't get too tied down with. Maybe try a fifth Ghostbuster. Ooh, <laughs> what? How about, a, what is how about a Ghost Ghostbuster? Oh, they did Crazy. that in the cartoon though. Oh, that's fair. Yeah. Damn. Well, maybe 
well, get six, they get a ghost, and then they get another uh, Ghostbuster. Ooh. So a ghost, Ghostbuster, a Ghostbuster. Um, I think that's far enough down this route. Yeah, I think yeah. We, can, we can safely speaking um, speaking of glide down. Speaking like, of mashing lots of people together, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Justice League done. is coming out. Oh, it's done, <laughs> Alex. <laughs> Uh, yes, yeah, already so, a pro. Yeah, they dropped their first trailer. They did. Uh, I'm very excited for this movie, because um, yeah. Justice League and Batman and maybe Superman will be back? Question mark. Oh. <laughs> um, but also, I don't know. It's I like superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know whether or not this one's going to be good. Um, a lot of people have questions based off of the previous ones um, and how they've come out critically. But I'm hopeful. Yeah. It seems just from this trailer that it's going to be a f- movie with some sense of humor and mm-hmm. lightness oh, yeah. that Batman vs. Superman didn't have, yeah. which is something that it desperately needed. Yep. And also Zack Snyder said it won't be a three-hour movie, which, thank <laughs> God. <laughs> but will it be part one and part two? <laughs> I mean, as long as he keeps each part to... You know what? I don't, don't want to think about it. I'm just going to keep hoping that it's going to be the best movie ever, except mm-hmm. for Suicide Squad. Yeah, this trailer had a lot of action in it, which I appreciated. And yeah. also Batman making a lot of jokes. Yeah. Uh, which I also very much appreciated. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it still had very, very dark lighting mm-hmm. uh, for basically everything. But yeah. a lot, mostly the fight scenes, which well, this you know trailer what, was mostly comprised of. You know what I think actually happens? Yeah. Because when you're filming, mm. uh, what you want to do is you want to shoot on a day where it's kind of foggy out. Um, no, not foggy. When it's like cloudy, so there, you know, you don't have any, you don't have sunlight mm-hmm. messing up your shots. Right. I think when Zack Snyder is making these movies, they can let's go for that, but he doesn't entirely realize that's just how you. You're supposed to shoot it, not how you're supposed to light it and edit it, so it looks natural. He's like, well, let's make it cloudy. Um, Everywhere. All the time. Also, it's always raining. That, yeah. too. Yeah. That, too. Yeah, um, yeah you know. I, I, and I know this is, like, a weird thing to sort of, uh, like, hone in on super carefully, mm-hmm. Uh, but one of the things I really liked about the Marvel movies and about sure. S.H.I.E.L.D., right, is that they, they sort of they connect the entire universe, right? They sort of they weave yeah. everything together. And I was really hoping that they would try to do something like that with their, their rather successful DC shows that they've been having, like, you know, Arrow, Flash, yeah. Supergirl, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I didn't see that, and I was sad about that. Well, here's the thing. Uh, they have come out and said... Be- Partially because Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. didn't do too well early on. Mm-hmm. They wanted to keep the TV show separate right. from the movies. So they just, that's not something that they're doing. Yeah. So, you know, as great as it could be, you know. Yeah, I just, I think it's it's like a sort of like a missed opportunity yeah. for them. Right? Well, I think also with, you can even argue this for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. that because there are, you know, so many things you have to tie together... It's really hard for the TV shows because mm-hmm. they make their money from the movies, right? Not from you know, don't make yeah, it, no, some, true. something from the TV shows. Otherwise, they wouldn't make it. But mm-hmm. for the movies, um, they uh, or like when you're connecting them, you know, you can only tell so much to the people making the movies as to what to put in the TV show to lead into the, you know, into what's going on. And I think 
the only time when I think it's ever worked well is that, you know, one arc on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. right after Winter Soldier. Right. Um, when, you know, Hydra kind of... Yeah. Took over. So <laughs> for a little. Yeah. So I mean, and I think that's the one time when it worked, and even that kind of got a little bit disjointed once mm. it got into the next season. Mm-hmm. The movies kept going and whatever. Yeah. It seemed a little bit forced. That's um, fair. So you know, and not that I don't like it because I do like it, and I I, I enjoy this interconnected world. Mm-hmm. However, there is an argument to be made that it isn't as connected as it should be, right? which leads to a lackluster product. Yeah. So, um, I do have one nitpick back to the Justice League trailer. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The thing that I just I don't like about it is I don't, I don't like Cyborg's look. He yeah. looks too skinny. It's like, he, you know, I mean, I get it. Like, he's supposed to be able to move quickly around and, like, it's all fluid movement you know robot parts mm-hmm. and for the listeners out there i am flailing my arms <laughs> as a way to convey this while actually not conveying anything at all um but yeah so i don't know it's it just he he looks a little weird like he looks a little too skinny like a little not like a little too disproportionate yeah and i like think kind of, also, he kind of looked like a dorito yeah a little bit yeah. a little and i think because I mean, that mixed, I think, the uh, the VFX might not be perfect. Uh, it looks a little bit video gamey. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, for me, you know, it was just too much of the robot part and not enough of the human part. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, like, in most of these shots, he basically looks like Iron Man more than he looks like Cyborg. Yeah, but like Ooh. a really anorexic Iron Man. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's even got the glowing thing in his chest. C- Cyborg. Anorexic Iron Man. I like it. Mm-hmm. I like it a lot. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Any other takes about Justice League? Uh, was there... I could not tell. Was it a football player in that one shot? A football player? Yeah, it, there's like this, this, this shot with uh, like... Wonder Woman, and then here, yeah, right. Uh, it's it's like around one forty one forty three. There's like this the random shot of a football player smashing his hand down, and I was very confused. How that? So, why, oh, yeah. How and why that makes an appearance? So here's my guess, based off of knowing nothing. Mm-hmm. Right here. Okay, let me see the picture. There you go. Is what race is this football player? Uh, he is black. My guess that Cyborg before Cyborg mm. might be a way to introduce them. I don't know. Um, hmm. I think there is a shot earlier in the trailer of them like at a football field, so it could be that as well. Oh, interesting. They yeah. could be pulling the uh, Dark Knight Rises. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't interesting. Know. Okay. Well, so, I, I hope it doesn't turn into a, a mashup of an exposition movie mixed with. Uh, Mixed with everything. I'm just hoping there's less damsel in distress moments. Mm, that too. Uh, which, which was something that plagued Batman vs Superman. Yes. Yeah. But moving on from one trailer to another, War Never of the changes. Planets of the Apes. So I dropped a trailer. Um, exciting. If you saw. Um, was it Dawn of the Planet of the Apes? Mm-hmm. And Rise, Rise. of the Planet. Yes. Of the apes. 
both of which are very good movies. Yes. And this one looks like it will follow in those footsteps. Also, I have to sh- shout out to, Cubin- uh, to cousin Debbie Zane, who casted mm-hmm. cast those. <laughs> Earl, Earl's got famous cousins, guys. Watch They're out. Not, I mean... Uh, <laughs> well, you don't find fame. It doesn't matter. Let's just keep moving. Uh, I don't know. I'm excited. I enjoy monkeys. I especially enjoy monkeys with guns. Um, Riding horses. the greatest kind of monkey. I, I wouldn't say it's the greatest, but it's in the top five. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so. Yeah, actually, no. Red pandas kind of edge them out a little bit. Yeah, so. Are they monkeys? I have no idea. Pandas, monkeys, or bears? They, they might be a form of rodent that has mm. enlarged itself mm. to look... Like a bear. <laughs> April Fools. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. yeah, I, I, you know what? The fun thing about Planet of the Apes for me is that uh, they always like they they balance that sort of that light humor of acknowledging they're a ridiculous movie with trying yeah. to play with a really uh, captivating storyline, which I think is really it's it's a good. Uh, format from especially you know maybe DC thinking about back to Batgirl to sort of think yeah. about and learn from. Yeah, that that is that's a good idea. That's a that's a good movie for them to I guess, draw inspiration from because yeah. that is a serious movie based off of a ridiculous premise. Right. Um. So, eh, good point. Yeah. Also, giant pandas, bears, uh, red pandas are closer to the raccoon. Whoa! What is a raccoon? What's a raccoon? Yeah, what is is a raccoon a rodent? Yes. So, huh. so a red panda would be a rodent. <laughs> oh, no. I'm very excited with myself. That I, I think that's it. Yeah. Speaking um, of lemurs and lemmings and lots of people watching the same thing at the same time. Uh, I, I was I was, tra- was going to transition off of the it, but that also works. Oh, that works too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Speaking of it, okay, your transition was better. Go. All right. Uh, so uh, the official Stephen King adaption movie for it uh, has knocked out reboot. reboot sorry, yes. it is really. Oh, yeah, there did it. I miss that. That's my bad. Yeah. Uh, it has it has knocked out um, the Fate of the Furious for top movie uh, trailer. Twenty four hours watching online. <laughs> I think those words, if you jumble them together, make sense. Yes. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think it looks uh, interesting. I think it, it's sort of uh, interesting that a lot of movies of this ilk are coming out right now. Uh, yeah. Especially like to play with the red and white color scheme. Like I'm thinking to um, the... Oh shoot, what was the movie that just recently got adapted? The Scarlet... No, not The Scarlet. The something... Uh, the Handmaid's Tale. Oh, okay. Um, there's, like yeah, a, yeah. there's a couple of these novel adaptions that are coming out, especially recently, mm-hmm. um, that all really like that color scheme and all sort of uh, sort of give off a similar opening trailer vibe in a way, huh. which I think is sort of really interesting. I did not notice that. That's yeah. interesting. Hmm. Well, I think what's interesting, I guess going, going, I mean, I guess mixing that theme mm. with the other theme of, you know, rebooting things, because this is the second time around with... Uh, I guess with this uh, it franchise, um, because they, they made they made it. I think, I think in the eighties. I forget exactly. Yeah. Uh, with uh, Tim Curry as it or the the clown um, or Penny Pennywise. That's his name. I remembered. <laughs> I'm smart. Uh, 
Yeah, so it had uh, Tim Curry as Pennywise. Now they're rebooting it. The trailer, I've heard, is actually like really close to the original trailer. Um, so people seem to be excited. Um, I haven't watched the trailer because it's scary, and <laughs> I prefer my pants to be dry. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, I mean, I, I don't have any comment about it other than I'm a little bit fascinated that it got so many views, mm. especially in so little time. Um, yeah. Might be one of those things where people are like, oh, this is scary, I need to send it to all my friends so they watch it, and also get freaked out. Yeah, I think this movie's going to do really well. I agree. Um, I don't know why, but... The the original It was a 1990 miniseries. Oh. Just so you know. The Tim Curry one? Really? Yeah. The the original one. I'm still trying to imagine Tim Curry as a a director. Uh, Hmm. Stephen King and Lawrence D. Cohen uh, wrote it. That was a TV show? Or wow. miniseries? Yeah. What? No. Is it? I didn't know that. It won a primetime Emmy. Huh. Wow. You mm. learn something every day. That you do. Okay, so I guess we should go to our last trailer of the day. You could argue the most important trailer of the day. Um, I have not seen it, but Spider-Man, new trailer. Yay! Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's uh, it's a very fun trailer if you yeah. watch it. Uh, uh, however, uh, I have heard from many an online forumer, forum, former goer, forum, forum goer. I don't think that's a real word, but that's fine. <laughs> uh, I have heard from the people who write stuff on forums that the new trailer uh, revealed a lot about the movie. Yes. Um, so I will not watch it. Um, mm-hmm. So I could be fresh once I go see the movie. Yeah, as fresh as I can be after the original trailer, which gave away the other half of the movie. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, between yeah. the two two trailers, you know basically the entire plot. Yeah. So uh, you know what? I think we shouldn't go in any more about this trailer as a form of protest. <laughs> Fair enough. Also, go see the movie. Hey, <laughs> Just don't watch the, the trailer. Yes. There is a reason why it is the most watched and not Spider-Man. Take that. Yes, Aww. Spider-Man also had significantly less than Justice League. Yeah, Sorry. that's interesting. Yep. Huh. I mean, Justice League came out first, too. Also, I I, like you know what, actually, now that I think about it, it's not the first Spider-Man one. Yeah, I was about to say, I think people have been burned by by previous Spider-Mans a little bit. Well, no, I, I think uh, it's not the first Spider-Man trailer. That's. I mean, yeah. I think, yes, yeah. a little bit with Spider-Man fatigue, but also I think with trailers... This is the second Spider-Man trailer. It's the first Justice League one. It's the first It one. It's mm-hmm. the first of all these other ones. So that's true. I think that's why. So Marvel, please stop giving away stuff in your trailers. <laughs> It'll be greatly appreciated. Yep. Make um, it more cryptic. Yeah. But like Mar- you used to do. Marvel, some other advice. You should probably keep Chris Evans because he's a good Captain America. Yeah. Or don't if you have a good idea for what to do with him. I don't know. Yeah. Your call. So You're on, smart. on our last podcast, uh, we talked about Chris Evans uh, and his comments that he may not be returning to Captain America after his contract has been fulfilled. Uh, but later on, he either he's slightly changed his tone, uh, giving out another quote saying, it's not really up to me. My contract is up. I'm not going to sit here and say no more. You know, if... You know, if you want me to come back, talk to Marvel. I'd love to continue doing it. I'd love the character. But 
So he's, he's not ruling it out, but he's not promising anything either. It doesn't seem like Marvel has approached him to continue yet. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're either still working it out or don't plan on bringing him back. Either that or there's a whole thing going on that they won't tell us. Um, which, by the way, I would be excited for if that was thing that was happening. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's no way of knowing. Um, so, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I, I just I have a feeling it might be just a bargaining tactic. A it might bit, be a bargaining you know? tactic. Um, it might be, you know, that they're going to kill him off in mm-hmm. uh, the second Infinity War movie. Mm, um, yeah. Which yeah. I really hope they don't, just because because of the contract thing, mm-hmm. it's been speculated for so long, it wouldn't... At least wouldn't surprise for, anybody. For like the fans that have been following as closely mm-hmm. as I have, it wouldn't mean as much as if it right. came out of nowhere. Right. So yeah. I mean, they could kill him in the first movie. They could. I would be much happier if they did that and yeah. like cut his mm-hmm. contract short, or maybe had him like come back and. What if they did like a, another movie like back in the forties? With like Captain America and Peggy Carter or something like that. Well, but he's he, he frozen though. Well, like pre-frozen. But then he wasn't superhero because we already had revealed the Captain, the first Captain America, right, which covered that. Yeah, span. but they they could, they could do something. I yeah, probably maybe. Um, I do just, I do like your point though about going back more because well, I may th- ooh maybe the idea um is what are they called the Howling Commandos maybe mm. make a Howling Commando movie oh, where they great. have Captain America. I guess as one of the featured, Hel- I guess the Howling mm-hmm. Commandos as a response yeah. to DC's Suicide Squad. That'd well, there you well. well, DC's Suicide Squad was a response to Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy. This is true. Yeah, well, which kind which of. fan theory fan theory of the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy being a uh, a D and D game for the Avengers <laughs> is still my favorite thing in the world. Yes. Yeah, that's that is something that I think someone found somewhere on the internet. Yeah, uh, sent around a friend group. Um, I critiqued it to no end because how they said it was just wrong. And then uh, Ryan and I probably spent a half an hour, forty-five minutes redoing the game board to make sure everyone had the right part that they should have had. The appropriate character. The appropriate characters. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So it was a lot of work, but we did it mm-hmm. just for us. <laughs> Someone was wrong on the internet and we had to fix it. Very important. For ourselves. So, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so, let's so keep moving with Marvel. Sp- speaking of shields and defending. Hey, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, thank you. Defenders, uh, the Netflix Marvel TV, mm-hmm. you know, team up superhero show with Iron Fist, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, and Daredevil. Uh, that is coming. Uh, soon, and I just finished filming, so that's exciting. Yeah. And this comes, I guess, right on the heels of Iron Fist being released mm-hmm. not too long ago. Yep. Um, so, I have seen Iron Fist. Alex has seen Iron mm-hmm. Fist. Ryan has not. Ryan doesn't watch things because he is a boring potato. Who <laughs> does school. <laughs> school? What is that? Yeah. yeah, and in case any of my teachers listen to this, it is something that I participate uh, <laughs> in, uh, and I pay attention in class, and I do all my homework <laughs> unless I forget. So, uh, well, of course you do. 
So I will be bowing out. I'll let these two experts guide you through the rest of the podcast. Yes, uh, where we will talk about Iron Fist, and then we will transition over to Legion, which just had their uh, finale uh, last Wednesday. Mm -hmm. So, bye guys. Sounds good. Bye, Ryan. Bye. So, Alex. Hi. Iron Fist. Yeah. Um, it was a TV show on Netflix. Show. Uh, came out in March. Yep. Um, yep. It was 13 episodes long. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it should have been less than 13 episodes long. Definitely. Like eight. Uh, eight would have been good. I would have argued six. Mm-hmm. Um, would have made it a really good show. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, 13, they didn't, all right, so you know, for, for Iron Fist, mm-hmm. they, there was lots of problems with it, yeah. uh, ranging from the lackluster performances to the, you know, slow pacing to mm. the gentrification to yeah. the other stuff. Lots of stuff. Yeah, you know, it wasn't great. It's it's funny because I almost feel like with Iron Fist, mm-hmm. it's one of these shows that almost would have been better served being a serial. So, like, like in mm-hmm. something of the vein of, of Arrow, right, where you have an episode and then you have a week and then you have an episode mm. and then you have a week, right? Because I think one of the the reasons that, uh, like for me at least, that it was sort of, uh, especially during the beginning of the show, to get a little, a little bit challenging to like push through it, right, was because. Yeah. You know, when you watch a Netflix show, you tend to binge it a bit, right? Yes. And so if, 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 if it, you know, with these episodes, when it's one right after another after another, and you see, like, the same little mistakes and imperfections that sort of starts to grind on you, I feel like... Yeah. With a show yeah. that you have a week in between, right, it's... It gives you time to, you know, get back into your normal right. life, and then you show back up at the show. It's like, mm-hmm. I'm excited to watch this again. Oh, look, he has the same problem from last week. I remember that. Right, yeah. Rather than... Oh no, he had the same problem from an hour ago. Right. You doing that again? Yep. So, <laughs> you know, I I, I agree. Yeah. Um, I think that might have helped it. I think maybe another way of doing it uh, is instead of going with like a thirteen episode movie, what they could have done is maybe broke it into like comic book arcs, mm-hmm. um, which you know Agents of Shield is doing now, which was working really well. Right. Um. You know, Luke Cage kind of did it, you know, breaking the first two, breaking the season into two halves. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, Daredevil kind of did it, breaking it into thirds. Yeah. Early season two did. Um, it certainly was like a lot shorter exposition on those, on both of those, which I think definitely yeah. served them positively. Yeah. I mean, the thing with Iron Fist, uh, I mean, it, it, it would have helped if it had more condensed storylines, mm. first of all. Yep. Um, but I think the reason why Iron Fist wasn't as good as it could have been is because they had no idea how to make it. Mm-hmm. You know, it was in development forever. Yeah. It was like they had all of the, you know, Marvel shows ready to go. They had people lined up who had good ideas of where to take the show, where to take the characters. Iron Fist was the one character that they didn't know what to do with and that they kept on bringing in new showrunners and directors and people with ideas to see what they what they got um, to see how to adapt the show, I guess, into a series because 
you know, I it's a ridiculous premise of some some rich kid coming back from right. from the, some Buddhist temple where he was raised uh, because he was separated from his parents after a plane crash when he was five and yeah, you know, it's it's funny because it almost yeah. feels like it draws a lot of inspiration from Arrow. Like I see a lot of yeah, I saw same, a lot of those the same stuff, and I think that that's again where it gets back a little bit to that point of when you do it in that style. Yeah, you know, you need to give your viewers either a more compressed storyline where there's yeah, uh, you know, there's less time spent you know dragging your feet on one particular problem, yeah. or and, you need to space it out. Yeah, and I think Arrow, um, you know, a couple years ago, but actually did a good job. They just put him right back in yeah exactly. like he, he got back and after some time of or after like maybe 15 minutes of people saying that's not oliver queen mm-hmm. yes it is no it's not after a bunch of that they was like, okay he's oliver queen he's back what's yeah. he gonna do now he has money he has his mom yep. and he has a sister and what's gonna happen yeah. um and i think that was at least a better way to get into it mm-hmm. iron fist spent the first five episodes i think four or five episodes just trying to get to the point where some of the people understood that he was back right and that's yeah it was too much yeah and i and i i to an extent i understand the decision to really explore maybe a little bit um that identity issue right of a superhero of 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 iron fist where he you know he comes in and he's not actually people don't think he's him and he's doing all this crazy stuff and people can't reconcile that with the person that they knew when he disappeared right yeah and i think that actually would be a really good premise to explore in a show it's just that they they dragged uh, it out so long in in this particular thing that it 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 became really challenging to sort of care about it mm-hmm. um and i almost i almost think a little bit back to something like arrow because what they did right is exactly like you said they, you know he came back they threw him right in and then instead of exploring just that idea for four or five episodes they put it in sort of interspersed throughout the first season yeah so that it you know it's this recurring idea but it's not always in your face and i think that's why yeah. it's so much more powerful and and i think another way to take it is maybe instead of I guess spreading it out, um, like little bits of each episode mixed in with a lot of fighting mm. and you know all the other stuff. By the way, like almost no fighting in the first five episodes yeah, of Iron Fist. It's a little disappointing. That that was a little bit disappointing. <laughs> However, back to my point, if you wanted to go in on that premise of you know character coming back after missing for years, and you want to go the route of having no one believe him. And having that be the story that they, mm. you know, run with, that's great. That's a really interesting story. However, that's not a superhero story. Mm. Don't, you know, don't, I guess, sell me a superhero TV show and then give me a, I'm back, give me all of my money and office politics mm-hmm. show. And I'm not saying that's bad. Right. I mean, I would assume, you know, an audience like the Suits audience, and if they were a little bit more tailored towards that type of audience, they mm-hmm. probably could have done that show even better. However, it was it was confusing what it wanted to do, mm-hmm. and I think that's the reason why it never reaches potential, at least not fast enough, too much. Right. Office politics, it was... Yeah, it, it's sort of interesting that there's a lot of shows now that are coming out um, mm-hmm. that take this sort of superhero thing and, and feel like mm-hmm. they're almost tacking it on to something, 
Yeah. Um, and, you know, I, I, I think a little bit about, um, oh, a Powerless. Powerless, yeah. Powerless, where... Uh, the premise of the show is this, like, well, what if we explored normal people in a superhero universe, which I yeah. think is sort of fun and interesting, and I don't think it's a bad thing by any means, but I think Iron Fist mm-hmm. suffers a little bit from that mentality of, yeah. let's explore all the other things that don't have anything to do with superpowers. Yeah. And I think it comes at the expense of it being a superpowers or a I, comic book show. I agree. Um, I th- think there is room somewhere in there for them to have a show you know whether it be like a a damage control Mm -hmm. if you know marvel abc ever decides to do that Uh, or if powerless ever takes it this way i think there is room for like a show that does you know play in the world of the real people Mm -hmm. in for superheroes because that's really who a lot of people watching the show relate to right in a sense They, they relate to the people they don't have powers so I think it would it'd be interesting just to watch or to, to see a show that, you know, handles how people, you know, respond in this crazy world. Yeah. However, sometimes shows try to go a little too campy, a little too, you know, or don't necessarily or don't necessarily know what it is or what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Um and I feel like Powerless has this a little bit. Iron Fist definitely has it. Yeah. And because it's trying to mix these two concepts of superhero and either regular life for either people working in a company mm-hmm. or people who are running a company um, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, because it's plays in those lines, it's they, they just get confused. Yeah. I think, I think what's nice is Powerless knows exactly where it stands. Like, it knows where it wants to be in a sense yeah. of... It has a premise and it really sticks to that premise. Yeah. Whereas I feel like with Iron Fist, it sort of has an identity crisis of yeah. it doesn't really know what it wants to be. It's almost a little bit like its main protagonist. Um, where yeah. it just it's not sure where it wants to go. It's uh, it, it yeah. It feels a little bit almost mish like like mishmashed together yeah. like Frankenstein. Yeah. Well, I think with Powerless. Um, I mean, Ryan and I talked about this a little bit before mm-hmm. when we I guess talked about the uh, premiere of Powerless. Sure. Um, but for, I guess, for the show, um, I kind of felt like it didn't necessarily know what it wanted to because it had a premise of this insurance agency in this world of superheroes, which mm-hmm. is a really good idea, but they decided to go with people, you know, building, you know, tech to help normal people. Right. So, I mean, I think that's fine if that's the move they want to do, but because they switched it, they don't necessarily know what they are however mm-hmm. what they're doing differently than iron fist is they're kind of admitting they don't know what they are but mm-hmm. they know what they have and they just go forward with that and i think if they do get picked up to go on for for another season or two they're going to i guess grow and figure out where they can take mm-hmm. take that story yeah where they can take you know these characters and you know and they have a, a great cast on powerless um to run with so yes that they do um that being said, bringing it back to Iron Fist, mm-hmm. the first season did not do that. And it, it didn't, I guess, recognize that it didn't know what it was doing. Yeah. Which is why the first season wasn't great. However, going forward, you know, similar to Powerless, Iron Fist, I believe if it can find a direction, if it can find out what to do, if, you know, they go a more ridiculous comic book route, if they show maybe some more background from him at Kun Lun fighting a freaking dragon <laughs> um i mean 
that would be that'd be cool. Yeah, no, and it's it's sort of fun because you know we have the defenders coming up soon. Yes. Um, and I'm really interested to see how Iron Fist fits in. Yeah. Um, with all these other these characters. And I'm, actually, I'm actually not worried about Iron Fist fitting in. Right. No, no, I mean more of a, I think it will be really good for not only the show, but for the character and, and whatnot, right? Yeah. To, to have that exposure in a sense, because it, it forces you to figure out a little bit where you fit and where, you know, what route you really want to go and, yeah. and maybe where you want to develop the character. Yeah. Well, you know what, to bring the conversation a little bit back to like how long the season should have been, mm-hmm. um, Iron Fist, the main reason they made the show is so they can make the defenders right and because they had the show that they didn't know what to do with but they had the defenders and they did know mm-hmm. how to go so once they got there they knew how to go forward they just didn't know how to get iron fist in there mm-hmm. and because of that dilemma they had an idea that they thought was okay and I think the idea was okay. Maybe not enough for... Or definitely not enough for a 13-episode season. Right. But that's where the first five episodes of that season come in. Condense that all into one, you know, and you get, I think, an eight, nine-episode season. Moves faster. It's yeah, better. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you probably need just to switch up the later episodes a little bit um, just so there's a little bit more character growth and whatever just because they spread out that character growth yeah I, I very also, much the the character Sorry, growth but... feels a little bit i do agree definitely disjoint at points yeah um and and i think there was a couple of really missed opportunities to develop characters in an interesting way mm-hmm. um like i really I, I got a little bit frustrated with with especially iron fist interactions early on with uh people like the 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 hobo the nameless hobo uh in the park yeah. um where it feels like there was that character almost had more depth to it than Iron Fist. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, which it was frustrating, like, you know, uh, a little yeah. bit. No, yeah, and I, I totally yeah. understand where you're coming from. And at least how I'm thinking of this, in response to what you're saying, mm-hmm. not necessarily in, you know, how I actually feel about it. Sure. But um, this is, you know, a, a guy or a kid that was, you know, sent flying off a plane when he was 10 years old. Mm-hmm. Uh, gets sent to a, uh, you know, this monastery for 15 years. Mm-hmm. Finally comes back. And he's, you know, I, I don't know what he was doing in the monastery. It sounded like all he was doing was training and fighting and yeah. hanging out with Davos. Um, Davos does not seem that fun. <laughs> um, no, no, that he doesn't. <laughs> um, however, also, I don't know if we mentioned this. Uh, we're going to be getting into spoilers just throughout our conversation. Yes. Um, for both this and for Legion. Um, so if you have listened to, or if you have watched Legion and haven't watched Iron Fist, skip forward. Skip ahead. Or other way around, keep listening, and then we'll tell you when we switch over to Legion and get into some of the spoilery stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, so... You know, it, it seems like maybe his growth was stunted, mm-hmm. you know, while he was in Kung Lun. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's... Yeah. I don't know. It didn't do a, good, it didn't do a great job of developing this yeah. character. The it, only real interesting character, I think, at least in the first couple episodes, was Colleen Wing. Yep. Because she was a normal person. Right. But... Yeah, and I, I, I totally hear that, right? Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I definitely see and agree with the point about 
the st- um, stunted emotional growth to an sure. extent, right? Um, but I, I almost feel like I want them to play with that sort of emotional isolation a little bit more. Um, and I would agree with you. Yeah. That might that probably would have been a better idea to play with in the first five episodes right. than having him, I'm Danny Rand. No, you're not. I'm <laughs> Danny Rand. No, you're not. I'm Danny Rand. We're going to throw you in a mental hospital. <laughs> <coughs> Excuse me. Um, but, you know. Yeah, and, and it's totally, you know, mutually something that can work together, right? I mean, yeah. uh, you know, you can play with that emotional isolation and you can play with that sense of identity at the same time. Those are totally complementary things. Yeah. So, I don't know. It's, it definitely didn't yeah. do that as well as they should have. Um, yeah. yeah. I don't know. Um, so, we've done a lot of trash talking of this Iron Fish we show. We have. I'm realizing. Uh, <laughs> what would you view as, I guess, some of the more positive elements of the show? Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that definitely mm-hmm. re- I really enjoyed about Iron Fist is mm-hmm. that, uh, although, for me at least, although the protagonist sometimes feels, mm-hmm. um, sort of doesn't really know like as a character doesn't really find his place very much i feel like the supporting cast around him does find those especially between themselves they do find their group a little bit they find their group and they find their chemistry which i liked i yeah i had to say i liked especially you know early on uh the chemistry um between oh um the the brother and the sister i'm blanking on the sisters oh uh Um, joy joy thank you and um the meachums Joy and Ward. There Joy and Ward. There we go. Thank you. Um, I really like the chemistry between the two. Yeah. Uh, especially episode, I want to say three and four. Uh, for sure. me, was great with them. Yeah. Um, and you know, and I think I think it's it's fun because in a sense that they make up such a large part of the show. Um, yeah. That it really it's important that those characters you know find that place in that chemistry. Yeah. The uh, only problem is they couldn't find where to include Danny right. within that right. relationship. And that, I mean, and again, because we're trashing Danny's, Danny a lot, um, I also want to point out, I don't necessarily think this is Finn Jones's fault. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought he was doing the best he could. He wasn't given a lot. Also, I don't think his American accent was very good. You can, <laughs> you can kind of, you could hear that there was something in there that he wanted to get out. Mm-hmm. Uh <laughs> Whatever. I mean, I, I do agree. The supporting characters were were good. I like the Meachams. Um, yes. Maybe not perfect. Maybe a little bit annoying. A little too pretentious. Ward was monotone for a lot of the time. Yeah. I but I, with him, I almost feel like that's his character. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Uh, you know, at least in the beginning, it seemed kind of like where you're going with this. It's right. nothing. Eventually, they got somewhere with mm-hmm. it. But you know, I also really you know I mentioned Colleen Wing. Uh, I thought she was really good. Um, I thought she she might have been one of the best part. She was the best part of the show until they made her part of the hand. Yeah. See, that's the first real spoiler we're getting into. Oh so, yeah, no. So <laughs> if you're waiting for that spoiler, there, there you, you go. go. <laughs> uh, ding yeah, ding she, ding. She was part of the hand. Yep. Once they did that, they took away all of her agency. Yeah. And I was like, oh well, you finally have this great female character mm-hmm. that knows what to do and she can do stuff. And oh wait, no, she's just part of the hand and she follows this other yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's exactly like you said right i mean you know they turn this very self-developed character um (coughs) into 
into almost just like another mindless drone, yeah. right? Which is really unfortunate. Uh, I, I did not like that one bit. I mean, yeah. they had her break away from it, but once she break, broke away from it, she's still, she was still kind of a shell of herself. Yeah. She, you know, wasn't that interesting of a character. Well, it, it almost feels like, too, because they gave her baggage without making that baggage real. So, mm-hmm. like, they, they just kind of threw this, uh, like, you know, this, this thing onto her character and said, hey, you know, you're part of the hand. No, you're not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and and it, it felt weirdly abrupt in both of those changes. Yeah, it didn't, it didn't I agree. It didn't feel like they, agree. there was as much motivation for either action um, mm-hmm. that was either that was explained at least yeah I don't know it's it's interesting uh, it's they definitely didn't handle all of that super well I mean there was I don't know the the hand's so weird yeah a weird thing to deal with I mean in this series I thought they weren't handled that well uh-huh. um, except actually I thought the quote unquote good hand was mm-hmm. not handled well. I didn't like really like that. Yeah. That was weird. The bad hand with Madame Gao and all the other crazy Yes stuff they had going on. I love Madame Gao. She's so yes. great. <laughs> and I'm also gonna say my favorite episode of the show, mm. episode six, mm. uh, directed by Riza from the Wu Tang clan. Yes. <laughs> My favorite episode by far. It yeah. felt super comic booky. Yep. Like it was Danny Rand fighting through these different levels of hand villains, yeah. bad guys. And like the first one was like a, you know, these two Russian big guys that mm-hmm. he took down. The next one was like this, you know, this one lady who used poison to, you know, poison Danny yeah. while fighting. And then the next one was this other just really good fighter. Yeah, and it was done. That episode was so good. You could feel the comic book, you know, flowing through that. Yeah, yeah. That episode, which I, I love that episode. If that episode was surrounded by, I guess, a good, mm-hmm. or a, a, you know, a really good uh, Iron Fist series, that episode would have been amazing. That would have been, like, one of the top Netflix episodes. Because, but, yeah. however, it didn't have the weight to make it. Right. You didn't care enough about Danny, so all of those fights had the level of stakes we would have been talking about those fights on the same level as like the staircase fight but mm-hmm. you know yeah i felt like it, it yeah it felt like it lacked context yeah so um, which is unfortunately a problem that this yeah. show suffers from and you know it's i don't know if that's a problem uh based on the writing or if it's or uh, writing or of the single episode mm-hmm. or if it's the writing of the series or however however yeah. it's done but yeah oh well um yeah but that, that episode was really good um Oh yeah, another great thing, Claire Temple, Rosario Dawson. Yeah, she's great. Yep. I don't think we need to talk about that just no, because she's the best. And yeah, it's, it seems yeah. self-explanatory. <laughs> yeah. If you have seen Luke Cage or Jessica Jones mm-hmm. or either season of Daredevil, and you've seen her character, you you, you yeah. know what was up. Yeah. So, she's good. Um, yeah. Uh, any other Iron Fist thoughts? don't think so i mean uh my my only like wrap-up thought is it's definitely worth a watch just give yourself time in between each episode yeah if you have time like if you have time yeah there are other shows such as the one we're about to get to very soon which you that should watch is more pressing there's there's other else. yeah yeah there's other shows that are better yes so yeah. i guess 
rank them how you will based on what your preferences are, but yep. you know, it's good. It's not bad, and I think there's enough in there that leads into the defenders mm. that it won't hurt to watch. You know, going in, it wasn't terrible. I mean, the first couple of episodes weren't good, but yeah. Eh. Oh, actually, one more question, mm. Zombie Dude, uh, Daddy Meacham. Mm. What are your thoughts about that? Mixed, very mixed. Yeah. Um, I feel especially mixed about it because I think it's a weird direction to go character-wise. How so? Because I, it's it feels like another one of these cases a little bit where you you don't fully give the weight of the context that surrounds everything. Yeah. And that's why I'm so mixed about it because it's like this, it feels like this big thing, you know, almost like when it's on paper, right? Yeah. And then when you translate to the show, it doesn't feel as... You know what the show show probably could have used more time, I guess, with the families together when they were kids. Yeah. Because you would get more of Danny mm -hmm. to the Meachams, the Meacham kids, uh, more of the parents' interaction. Right. And with more of that, you know, you you can, you know, kind of, you could get why Danny views um, the Meachams as family. Why, you know, it would hurt so much more, so much more if they did it that way. Like maybe have the first episode of the first season. Just not even be today. Maybe mm-hmm. just have that take place 15 years ago. You know, give us some context for these people. Right. And not just as Danny's flashbacks, right? Yeah. That's that's my big thing, too, is, is when it's just his flashbacks, it... And and you don't explore that possibility of the, un, of the unreliable narrator a little bit. Yeah. Right? It feels weird. Yeah. To, to me, at least. Yeah. But, I don't know. It's... It's fine. Yeah. Okay. It could be worse. All right. Um, let's keep it moving. Let's keep it moving. Uh, so we have sent Ryan away. We have. Uh, in his little drone. Uh, carried him off. Oh, God. To God yeah. knows where. Oh. If you have seen Legion, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And if you haven't, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, you really no. should have stopped listening. Yeah. I gave you warnings. We did. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is the point where you would want to definitely... St- turn things off if you're uh waiting on legion other than to say that you should really watch it it's really really good so it's good. it's excellent um but i'll i'll put that spoiler warning in there now yeah watch legion yeah watch it all right i'm gonna i'm gonna assume that you're all gone now um wait wait i i see you we know you're there it's okay just come watch back it. it'll still be here you know, all of our podcast episodes stay on iTunes and SoundCloud. So you can just save it, save it for later, you know, share it with your friends and family who have seen the show, <laughs> but, <laughs> and then come back to it maybe later. Yeah. So Legion. Cool. Um, wow. I said leave. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> all right. He's gone. Now we're good. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It's so good so good it's so excellent i mean it's it's it okay so you know how with a lot of shows there's often a first season or like six episodes or maybe it's even two seasons or longer where you have to like sort of push through it 
Yeah. Right? To get into it. To get to the good part of the show. Yeah. Legion feels like someone just sliced out the good portion of that show and handed it to you. Yes. Um, in a way. I, I agree. Well, you know what? I I think they kind of did that. The, yeah. The show was only eight episodes. Right. And, you know, I think if, like, Iron Fist approached it the mm-hmm. same way, they could have just taken the good parts yeah. or if whatever. But. Yeah. So, so for me, I don't know. I think also one of the that sort of speaks a little bit to that too is that they don't really give you and this is one of the nice things I think about Legion is they also don't give you very much context yeah because the whole point of this show is that you know you have this very unstable narrator mm-hmm. um, and I think that's great I think they they do so many interesting things character wise yeah with that um, and I think it comes across in so many small ways that really sum up like one of the things I really like about Legion, mm-hmm. um, and this feels like one of those really small details that they really clearly thought about, is there's a, in the writing um, and in the show in general, there's this repeated phrases or repeated ideas mm-hmm. um, that keep coming up. So uh, this concept of repetition is everywhere in the show. Yeah. Uh, like in the last episode, he, um, he repeats that one phrase, there's no need to be afraid, there's no need to yeah. be afraid, there's no need to be afraid, right? And that makes it so like powerful because it's it mm-hmm. it gets it repeated to the point where it starts really making you notice it as opposed to it just fading yeah. into the background i mean i think when he first said it whatever right after repeating it over and over again i was afraid right right yeah so and and, and he and i think it's, it's so effective because he changes it subtly every single time mm-hmm. and that's a really i think a real theme with this show is mm-hmm. that they take the same thing and they warp it mm-hmm and I think that's what makes it so great because mm-hmm. it, it, it feeds into that mental idea of real life, mm-hmm. but you don't know what's really real. Mm-hmm. Real, you don't know what's really real, uh, and I think that's that's what's one of the most excellent things about this. Yeah, show. the show is built on the premise of. I don't know, how should I say this? Schizophrenia. Yeah. I mean, well, I mean. Uh, the, Yes, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think the show is built on the premise of whoever's watching it should have no idea what's going on right. at all times, except mm-hmm. for maybe like a few key moments. I think except episode seven. Except the, episode that seven. That was the one episode I knew what was going on. <laughs> yeah, that was the one episode uh, that you could... It was a little bit more generic. Right. Um, however, I think episode seven would probably also... Maybe the beginning of eight. But yeah, beginning of it was also it's definitely it's definitely also one of the it was I think the only slightly weaker episode in the season for me. Yeah, however, I mean, still really good. Mm-hmm. Still oh. really oh, good. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but back to um the point I was making. What was the point that I was making? I'm not. I wasn't really sure. <laughs> okay. Um, what was I saying? I was saying something. Well, about I think the thing. Well, okay. I mean, I have okay. a thing to talk about if you... Go ahead. So... I'll remember. Um, one of the things I also really liked about the show, especially, was their openings yeah. to every episode were yeah. always absolutely spectacular. I mean, they always really... Always gripping. Always Yeah, they took really in. pulled you immediately. And, like, for me, the one that I remember is um, where you are starting with inside the ice cube. Yeah. Of, and he's, he's just monologuing, right? But he just... He he. The way the way that it's done feels so, you know, focused and symmetric, and immediately pulls you in. 
Yeah. And you're just, you're, you have rapt attention. Yeah. Um, and then he, he talks, right, he talks about this very, inter- like, this very weird philosophical concept, right, mm-hmm. of the, the, the fear that drives you in childhood and the support, essentially, that drives you. Empathy. Empathy yeah. and fear. Yeah. Um, and it's totally reflected in the immediate episode afterwards. Like, that, that idea stays with you the entire time. Because it's one mm. of these things, like, you can't get out of your head as you're watching yeah. the episode. It sticks with you. Yeah. Which I think is a, uh, one of the things that's so great about their openers, is they have little things that stick with you yeah. that you can't seem to get rid of. And those little things, you know, they pop up maybe for, like, a split second in mm-hmm. the beginning. But throughout the episode, they, even though they don't, might not directly refer back to it, right. the themes are consistent. So that little thing said in the beginning makes everything else have so much more weight. Right, right. And and it's it's it almost feels like the entire show builds on those little things from the very beginning. And yeah. if you're not paying attention like a little bit at the very beginning and and like throughout the entire show, you're going to miss a lot of things and Yeah. Um but luckily, you can't do that most of the time because you're pulled into it so well. Exactly. Um and you're you're you know, it's funny cuz I'm somebody that's super guilty of skipping portions of shows. When I want to just kind of like, you know, I want to watch maybe uh, Arrow, for example, and I get a little sure. bit sick of the soap opera-ness of it, um, and mm-hmm. I just skip those sections, right? With Legion, I, I, you, I didn't want to even touch the uh, the um, little uh, time bar thing. Because it, it really just, it holds your attention so well. And I have to say, I think one of the reasons is... That the cinematography uh, and the and the directing of it is absolutely top notch. Um, I mean, he plays with a lot of really interesting camera themes and angles, especially during. Uh, I would I think the asylum, the Clockworks, is probably the one of the highlights of me for the the cinematography. Uh, yeah, and, and the set design oh, yeah. too, uh, of 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 the season, uh, because it just it. They really play with that very contained and and sort of suppressed environment. Yeah, and and really make make the viewer feel like they're in that contained and suppressed. Yeah, and very isolated environment. I mean, I I think that kind of goes throughout. I mean, mm-hmm. at at the asylum, that's not is it an asylum? It's not an asylum. It's a yeah, it's an me- asylum. I think. Okay, well, a mental health. Mental, oh, hospital. That's, mental that's hospital. That's the that's the that's official. the nice word. Yes. Um, but like at all of the I guess locations, you can kind of feel that sort of thing. Like mm-hmm. in his you know childhood bedroom, which is supposed to feel like a nice comforting place. Yeah. It has all those elements that it's supposed to be comforting. However, it's still dark and spooky. Mm-hmm. Or you know when he's at the you know at the facility with the other. X people or yep. mutants or yep. whatever you want to call them because I don't think they're X-Men but <laughs> they're definitely not X-Men they're not that yeah they pre- they prefer mutants to human <laughs> and I don't I don't know where that's going to lead Summer, but... Summerland I think is the place okay yeah yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, but I think like in a facility like that it just feels more free mm-hmm. uh, you can you know not only with just how how I guess the cinematography is but also how David acts and mm-hmm. how you know, and just like throughout the show, everywhere they go has a different feeling that 
you can really feel what's going on. Yeah, yeah, and 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 you know, I have to say one of the things for me that contributes so much to that is the sound design and the music, mm-hmm. because it's it's so Good. perfectly chosen. Yeah, I mean, to me, you know, uh, the f- song choice is probably one of the best. No, I'm gonna just go out. I'm gonna say that this is probably one of the best show in terms of song choices for me that I've I seen. I would say it's definitely up there. Yeah, the the mix of psychedelic rock mm-hmm. with whatever else they're choosing. Yeah. Almost all and, of it just fits yeah. perfectly into what it's supposed to do. And what's and what's so interesting about it too is that they really play with the idea of type of instrument yeah. and situation. So like I you know with some of these openings right it's this very uh, sometimes it's like a sort of a Beatles esque type thing or sure. um, you know it's it's but it's never heavy right it's always very light almost yeah as something heavy is being uh, discussed or, or done right yeah. and then sort of flipped right during much lighter moments I feel like the music is a lot heavier yeah um, and I really like that because it it drives this idea that there's never really a light moment in the show without being sort of warped in a way, yeah. right? Which really plays into that, you know, mania or manic depression, schizophrenia idea mm-hmm. of there's never really a true, like I say, I guess I say true or, or not, maybe not, not true is the word, but not pure moment. Like a, there's not really a moment that actually is itself. It's well, always it's always through the lens of something else. Yeah, I mean, and I think the one scene that comes to mind, mm-hmm. at least for me, and I don't necessarily know if this even applies, but the scene in episode, I think five or six, mm-hmm. when they go to David's house. Yeah, and it's just silence, and instead yeah. of. Like showing them just not being able to hear, mm-hmm. they just no sound yeah. at all. Yeah. Oh, fantastic! It was <laughs> so good. I hated it because like I was I wanted to hear things, mm-hmm. but like they weren't giving me anything. Yeah. And it was like it, it it was supposed. It wasn't satisfying mm-hmm. to my ear, but that's just what they were going of for. Course, yeah. And it, they they just play that balance perfectly. Mm-hmm. It, and it felt so. So I was. I was somebody that was like listening to this and with headphones uh, sure. on, and so you know I can't hear other sound outside of the headphones because they're noise canceling. Yeah. And it felt so oppressive. The silence, just it. It felt so containing and and suppressing. Well, and I that's mean, the whole goal. And right? you, you were listening to it on noise canceling headphones. I was listening in my apartment on mm. my TV. Granted, no one else was there, mm-hmm. but I still got that same exact right. feeling in, like, the whole big room when yeah. there was street noises outside. Doesn't matter. I was so into whatever was going on on the screen. I was like, please make noises. <laughs> please. Yeah. Um, the – but and, like, on top of that, uh, you know, the Shadow King, Aubrey Plaza's mm-hmm. uh, Lenny slash – Oh, my goodness. Uh, Farouk, yeah, slash, that performance is just so terrifying. Yeah, I, you know, again, mixture of so good, mm. so impressed. I really, 
it was really enjoyable to watch, but also I hate it. Yes. Because it's scary, <laughs> and I don't like scary things, but also it's so good. And Yep, yep. Yeah, and it's this fun thing where... So I'm going to shamelessly sort of say, I study neuroscience, so I know this stuff. Yes. Um, but one of the one of the things that causes the most animalistic fear in the human brain, it gets right down to that um, predatory part of our brain, and or not uh, a prey part of our brain. Sorry, sure. is silence because silence means that something is coming and everything else has fled, and Ooh. and they play with that so well because you point. you get so scared. When you hear that silence, because you're just like, oh, sh-. <laughs> you know, you look around a little bit, and they, and especially, and I think they did this in the last episode too. Even when they did that, or no, not last episode, seventh episode, where they played with that like silent movie type esque thing. By the way, I love that scene. Yeah, oh, that was so really good. good. It's the same thing. It's that it's they really know what makes people feel that guttural fear. Yeah, and and that's one of the reasons I think Audrey Plaza does such a fantastic job as a villain because people in, in when you're when you're feeling when you when you're sort of trying to portray something that's very scary yeah. right it's it's not at, very often it's not at all about you know making your body bigger or like um, making people yeah. feel oppressed right it's it's you can have a very small body but it's it's warping your mannerisms in a way that just weirds people yeah. out like her eyes her yeah. eyes for me were the biggest thing that made it terrifying yeah she has really good cra- you know what yeah she has really great crazy eyes mm-hmm. but uh going just on that note like there's only there's a few performances that reach that level of terrifying because it's insane yes it's heath ledger's joker i was about to say yep this performance I don't know. I don't watch that many scary things because yeah. generally I run outside of the room and <laughs> wait for it to pass. Doesn't matter. Um, uh, I don't know, but really, I think those just having that one comparison is yeah. more than enough to. Yeah, no, you know, it's a great comparison. It's because that's that's another, I guess, example of someone who was cast in this role. No one thought they'd be up to it. Mm-hmm. Not necessarily that no one thought Aubrey Plaza would be up to this role, right. but the role developed into something that no one expected it to be. Right. Um, and I think just with that compare, or, I mean, that comparison just brings to light just how crazy can in, can affect what's going on around it in a TV show or a movie. Mm-hmm. And, you know, those, I think, are just two really great examples of of that going on yeah yeah and it's 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 so funny because you know to think really you know when you think really critically about you know what exactly she's doing and what and how she sort of is playing with that just much like keith ledger did yeah um it's sort of fun to draw the comparisons a little bit between things like you know the eyes the way that the way that they don't really stare they don't really look you know with Heath Ledger, he doesn't really like look you in the eye. Mm-hmm. He looks, you know, right to the side of you, mm-hmm. and that's what makes one of his. That's what makes some of his his facial things so compelling, is because he's like looking at your ear instead of your eyes. Yeah. He doesn't see your face, and very similarly, Audrey, you know, Audrey Plaza in this doesn't. Aubrey. Oh, sorry, Aubrey. Aubrey. Oh, that's fine. <laughs> Aubrey Plaza. She's not listening. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> 
Um, she never really looks most of these characters directly in the eyes. Yeah. Um, she also very well plays with the idea of um, body line, like how how her body is oriented and yeah. you know where she's facing and who she's even though who she's talking to, who she's really aiming towards. Yeah. Um, because I felt a lot when I went back and looked at episodes prior, because I, you know, I just wanted to see what was what I liked about it. Mm-hmm. It definitely felt like much of her performance, even though it was directed in the mm-hmm. in the moment towards the actor, right towards the character, there was a lot of subtle things that she directs towards the audience. Yeah, which makes it so incredibly like, oh, I'm there, and oh, I'm scared. Yeah, it's. I don't really know how to describe it other than I think probably the best way to describe mm. my feelings about her performance. I think in episode, I believe it was episode five, mm. the one before they're in the mental hospital and they realize what's going on in the mental hospital. Yep. Um, so episode five, when they go to David's house with the silence, mm-hmm. um, I don't like scary things. Mm-hmm. I was literally hiding behind the wall just peeking out so I can barely watch the TV mm-hmm. for this entire scene. <laughs> I, I was believe like, that. I, I, I was literally pacing back for like, watch, just peeking out, just mm-hmm. trying to see what I can see, mm-hmm. trying to, you know, because I want to watch it because it's just so interesting. Yeah. It's, it's just so, so and fascinating and yeah. so good, but also I don't want to watch it because it's scary. Yeah. I don't yeah. Want yeah. It. yeah. Um, it was just, and also because it was silent, I couldn't not pay attention because, mm-hmm. You know, here's a good way to describe it. When I was little and I mm. went to see a movie and there was a trailer beforehand of a scary movie, yep. what I would always do is I would cover my ears and I would look at the bottom corner. Mm. Uh, covering my ears dulls the loudness and I can't yep. hear as much, but I can still hear it enough so it's not silence. Right. Uh, and then I looked at the bottom corner so I could see when it would end. Mm-hmm. Um, but when this happened, I couldn't look away from the screen because if I look away from the screen... I don't see what's happening. I won't get whatever's coming right, next. Right. But then I could cover my ears, but that wouldn't do anything. Right. So <laughs> all of my defense, you know, mechanisms were just taken away. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Ridiculous. No, it's, it's, it's totally true. Right. I hadn't even considered, I haven't even considered that aspect of it, but you're right. It's, it completely strips you of your ability to try to block it out in some way. Yeah. Other than completely blocking it out. And you don't want to do that because you're watching the show. Yeah. Yeah. It, Oh, it's so good. So good. But but to lean into that thought a little bit, I think mm-hmm. a gr- another thing that's done super super well, yeah, is how they play with again that idea of warpedness, but in the in the shots. So I, the, for me, what comes to mind is there's a shot I think in episode four. They're in the forest. Mm-hmm. They're trying to find out basically David's background, like what what he was like as a kid, like yeah. why this happened, right? And they're sitting in the forest, and they're panning, and they're doing it very quickly. And you see that like little angry, the angriest boy oh, in the world that. character. I hate oh, that I hate boy it. so much. That character wears me out more than 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 the big, large, yellow-eyed guy. Oh, you know, I I agree so um, much. But but Aubrey Plaza still weirds me out more than any of the other things. Yeah, um, like, like like immediately I got weirded out by that boy. Yeah, uh, yeah. Aubrey Plaza, I think, eventually worked up to the same level, but yes. like, 
Mm. For me, for me, Aubrey Plaza surpassed it a little bit because she became so like ingrained in my mind almost. Yeah, like she, she, it, yeah. But, I, 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 but, I am terrified as her as a person. Not <laughs> like if I ever met her on the street, I would probably, or if I ever saw her on the street, I would not go up and say hi. <laughs> no matter how big a fan I am of hers, and I am because Park, Parks and Rec is one of my favorite yep. shows, and so is Legion. Yep. Um, yeah, gosh, I, she's so scary. She's, but anyway, so back to the thing is, there's there's this pan shot, yeah, and that that cutout character thing is right behind a tree in the background a little bit, and as they pan, they pass him, and mm-hmm. they don't acknowledge him in the first pass. Then they pause and they swing back around, and he's in there, yeah, right. And it's n- and and you know I'm used to jump scares, right, in t- in in horror shows yeah. or like to you know, uh, I'm not people people like like they they look past a thing and there's something wrong and then they look past suddenly and there's nothing there right mm-hmm. i'm very used to that but the way that they did it in this with and i think i think the thing for me that was so mm-hmm. so good was they really make good use of electronic sound like that wow sort of that yeah. that sound right when the when that thing appears they triggered they did that they did that little thing that sound Bef- well before they the, the camera panned back, mm-hmm. and I think that's very different from a lot of other ones, which only do that like scary sound right as it pans back to reveal oh there's nothing there. Yeah. Right, because it makes you terrified as you see it, not as you pan back. Yeah. And I think that's great. Yeah, it's it's good and and it's it good. feeds it feeds into this almost this habituation thing which mm-hmm. is this great so there's this for those of you listeners that may not know there's this principle in in psychiatry and neuro, psychology and neuroscience that's called habituation sure. right where two stimuli um are associated together mm-hmm. and i think what they did in this with that sound um they associated it in our minds with that very animalistic fear yeah. That they're projecting on the screen at the same time. And it, it's they use it really effectively. They don't overuse it. They don't like make you get used to the sound and then it's yeah. it's association. But they repair it super well. I don't know. I I thought it was really well done. Yeah, no, it's it's and I, I think what that sh- I mean, that does it like throughout. I mean I think just that point mm-hmm. about those I guess well, I, I mean, I just think well, the point that you just made, it's going back to what we were talking about before with, like, not what we're expecting and throwing us off guard. And right. It's just, it, it hits it right on the nose of how, I guess, the show takes, you know, how, how the show takes us through these things. And, yep. And I, I think there's also, I guess, earlier on in the season, mm-hmm. like back in episode one where it was much more David-focused. Yes. Um. You know, after watching, like, the first episode or the second episode or something like that, you know, I had no idea what was going mm-hmm. on. Yep. <laughs> because they just kept on, like, you couldn't tell what was real. Mm-hmm. You, like, yeah, s- yeah, something was going on. Like, you couldn't tell. This was David, you know, hallucinating, mm-hmm. you know, with this cre- you know, blob creature. Whether mm-hmm. or not this blob creature is real, whether or not David is schizophrenic, mm-hmm. on top of, you know, his superpower, which is why he sees the blob creatures. You right. know, I, I didn't realize this blob creature was a parasite until, right. you know, the end of the season. So, 
you know, when we see the blob, it's like, he still has schizophrenia. So Mm -hmm. playing around with like, you know, is something he sees real? Is it not? And then on top of that, you know, I didn't even realize this as it was going on, but for, um, uh, what's her face's character? Uh, why am I forgetting her name? The, the, the girl. Blonde. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's the. She's the number two. Oh no! Well, I'm forgetting number three as well. after Arby Plaza. Why am I forgetting her name? I am too. It's it's the. All right. Well, I will talk about her while you look up her name. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but as the show was going on, you talk about that that whip pan with that boy in the woods. Mm-hmm. That wasn't David who saw that. That was her. Yes. That that was her who saw this thing. And like as like she was in you know David's mind like she. Sid, oh yes, Sydney. Sid. Yep, yeah, it's Sid. Okay, yep. I'm sorry to Sid and her apologies, and her family. Apologies, Rachel Keller. Yes, if you're listening, you're not, but you're still. Oh, one can. <laughs> um, but yeah, but like as the show goes on, it shows like she's seeing some of these things, but it's like, well, she can't see that that mm-hmm. stuff because that's David's. Face. Like, why is she mm-hmm. seeing it? Um, and then like it, it's not until we realize that oh wait, when they switched all the way back in the first episode yep that this parasite also just left a little bit in her mm-hmm. just so they could play on that so she can also i guess not go insane but she can get to the point where right. she need where i guess so she could play with her brain to the point where she needed to yeah and, and manipulate her but, subtly right in, yeah. in different ways yeah and, oh man i had you know and it's you're right you're totally right that I, and I hadn't really thought of that, is that they really, they it's almost like they make you take David's side of people at Summerland having to prove to you that this character isn't schizophrenic and that you, the show you're watching yeah, and and the the characters that you're seeing are believable and, and actually what's happening in, in that reality. Yeah. Which is yeah. absolutely excellent. Yeah, and... and, and and I think also kind of how I viewed it is not necessarily that I was taking, you know, David's side that he was normal or mm-hmm. everyone else's side that – because I, 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 I kind of bought, I bought it to the fact that he was schizophrenic, not right. that there was a parasite living inside his brain. Right. Um, so kind of how I viewed it is because so much crazy stuff was going on all over the place, I couldn't believe anything. That's mm-hmm. You know, after I think the first five, six episodes – Whenever anyone asked me what I thought of the show, I was like, well, I have no idea what's going on, but in the best possible way. Yes. Yeah. You, you yeah, don't yeah. know what's going on. You can't tell if this is a you know, hallucination yep. from David or if this is a, a Lenny projection or if this is just someone going crazy mm-hmm. or whatever the deal is. It, so, yeah. I don't know. It, yeah, it, it, it just works. It might be the most unstable narrator or unreliable narrator. Yeah. And also unstable narrator, but most unreliable narrator in a show that I've watched. And and it's excellent for it. I mean, like as watching it, you kind of view it as David being the narrator. But mm-hmm. if you think about it, it's not really David. It's almost like Lenny's the narrator. It is. I, I mean, I don't think it's almost. I think it is Lenny. Yeah. Lenny is the narrator. She's the one controlling the story. Yeah. I mean, David tries to, I guess, fight back, and to some extent, he does. But you know. But ultimately, she controls the narrative. Yeah. 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 I you know you're totally right. I hadn't even thought about that. Pretty Ooh. crazy. Uh, I would say that's mind blowing, but um, 
it would be mind blowing if our mind wasn't all the way yeah my mind all is, over is the place after scattered everywhere after watching point. um yeah 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 I, you know and the other thing that really I have to commend them on mm-hmm. um is the really the things that in other shows would seem wacky yeah like like the word wacky could have really applied to them seem super super creepy in this show in the most effective way so the most the example that comes out to my mind Mm -hmm. is the dance sequence in the first or the second episode oh yeah like it's 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 so So excellent that was the first episode it's like i just watched yeah what's going on (laughs) what is this and, it, and it, in other shows, right, it would feel like wacky and zany and, and other, other weird words like that, right? But yeah. here it just felt like, what is happening? I am freaked out. Well, I, I, I wouldn't necessarily say my, I guess, when I was watching that dance, because mm. it was in the first episode and I still didn't, I wasn't afraid of anything yet. Right. But nothing terrified me. I mean, there was David's schizophrenia mixed mm. with his power, but... You know, I didn't know to be afraid of anything. Mm. So while I was watching it, you know, in some episodes, like, oh, it's a stupid dance sequence. When right. I was watching this, it was just like, I was confused. And then I just started smiling. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know how to explain this, but this is amazing. Yep. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> Excuse and, me. And actually, while we're on the subject of the first episode, okay, the most mm-hmm. excellent opening to a show. It was good. The first, like, like, I really like critiquing the first five minutes of a show sure. because I think it's it's so emblematic of where the show is going to go in the future. It, it, it's whether or not it pulls you in, so you right. watch it or not. Right. Yeah, and it just was so good. Yeah, I mean, uh, and it was so effective in setting in in like in setting world building, mm-hmm. in character introduction, uh, in in what seems like the initial um, driving problem, right, in a yeah. in a show. Because the... Because you think the problem is right. schizophrenia and craziness right. and dealing with exactly. his powers. Yeah, and it sets up all of these things without telling you anything. Yeah. And that's what I loved yeah. so much. And, like, the thing, like, when you're watching a show like this, the thing that you want is you want to see crazy mutant stuff. Mm-hmm. Or at least part of the audience, they're only there. Sure, yeah. They, they come for the mutants, they stay for everything else. Right. So you need something in that first five minutes that speaks crazy, you know, X-Men stuff. Right. And they had that scene in the kitchen where everything was flying around mm-hmm. in slow motion while David was, you know, going insane. Yep. And that was so good. Yeah. And, like, just that little nugget carried throughout the season. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, it's just like they had, it had more weight when they come back to it, mm-hmm. you know, you, that also introduced the uh, the Shadow King, mm-hmm. and it's, yeah, just so good. Yeah. yeah. So good. I mean, this show, I think, more so than a lot of others, uh, uses callbacks, like call back, calls back to previous things mm-hmm. so well. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of really want to rewatch the show. To see just, what you missed? Just to, like, pick up on all the little details that I missed. Because mm-hmm. just thinking back on it, I know I missed a whole so much yeah, stuff. Yeah, 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 yeah. And now that I know what happens and just to watch it and see, I get that now, or, oh, that makes so much more sense, or, yeah. or you know, is this character different, or, you know, whatever. Yeah, it's definitely that idea of that repeated, 
thing that they, they yeah. take throughout the season and change a little bit every time. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's which, really excellent. Which also just goes hands in hand. Well, like, by changing it just a little bit, it goes hands in hand with, like, that theme of, like, schizophrenia. Exactly, And, yeah. you know, just not knowing what's really going on. Mm. And I think just by presenting the same information over and over again, but just slightly different every time, just the way they do it is just so captivating. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you really feel that I don't know what's going on, but I want to find out. Yes. And I so want I to will know what the I truth watch. is. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the time the show, the only time the show kind of diverges from that mm. is in the seventh and eighth episodes. Because yeah. they have to tell you something. Because the, the show can't just yeah. be question, 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 yeah. question, question. Okay, and then you have to wait. Yeah, so wow. so I feel like I, I so I, I do have to admit I feel like we've talked a lot of really good things about the show. We have because it's a really amazing show. But I think it wouldn't be fair if we also didn't talk about some of the things that maybe were not as good. Yes, um, because there's not anything that was bad here. Just things that were not as good as they could have been. Yeah. Um, and since we're talking about the last episode, I actually was a little frustrated with the last episode um, in the sense that it. It simultaneously um, added things and answers and then didn't resolve them. So, like, for me, one of the things Mm -hmm. that really stood out in my mind was the whole, uh, what is it, Agency agency 13, Agency 3? 3. D3. D3. So for them, right, there was this they have this guy in the in the in Summerland, you know, he's he's clearly communicating with them. Um and they just send they they say send the and I forget what they the code name of the thing is that they're this some some thing that they're sending to Summerland, some like maybe a missile or something was sort of the impression I got. Sure. Um the peacemaker. The peacemaker or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Something which like is that a missile, which is a missile a missile variant. Yeah. In US military. Ironically, um, and they just totally leave that unresolved. Like the very last, the very last scene after the credits has is clearly many hours afterwards. Like it's in yeah. the evening. Like what you know, something is like everything seems to have been somewhat resolved. Um, yeah. Other than other than That's the big bad point. guy escaping, That's and a they good point. leave it totally unresolved. And in and and the the entire agency storyline unresolved. It almost feels like that just is la, is was sort of not tacked on, but added in there, and then just completely they did nothing with it. Well, here's at least how I'm imagining it mm. was: they had, you know, they had the idea, or they had the storyline for the season. I feel like each season should be framed kind of as a story. Right. So it has to have a beginning, a middle, and an end. Yep. So they have to have some sort of resolution, mm-hmm. um, which that's what they did. The fallout from said resolution, I think they could have added it on. However, I'm not sure it would have helped. Because you could argue mm-hmm. that whatever this resolution that they added on to it was just stuff mm-hmm. and it probably was it probably was just stuff that you know will be explained at some point in the future later on and you know we'll probably get a shot next season my guess is you know they did agree to work together so they are going to be yeah on the same team 
um, as you know the other guys because you know although that was a quick you know you're gonna have to help me now yeah it, I think that was enough just if they went and had a scene where like he said hey guys we're gonna have to help him now it's like well, are you sure they're full of mutants mm-hmm. uh, and I was like well no but they we have to help them because they have a crazy mutant that's working with another mutant that yeah that is I don't know. Yeah, it definitely feels like that connection was just missing somewhere. Yeah, and, and they probably could have done a little bit of something just mm-hmm. to connect the dots a little bit more, or they could have... Yeah. Because, like, in other, yeah. in other episodes especially, right, you know, you don't know what's going on as much, but there's at least a trail for you to follow. Yeah. And I sort of felt like here there was a trail and then a gap, and then they continued on. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I it there's something about that just didn't really sort of sit right with me. I guess. Yeah, um, and I I understand. And, yeah, and I agree with you. Mm. Not, not that it annoyed me per se. I just thought that it wasn't as strong as you know some of the previous episodes. Um, and I think this was also with episode seven when they were finally escaping from you know Lenny or the Shadow King's you know mind trap. Uh, in the asylum, uh, so it's and, and like th- those two episodes are just like resolving issues so they can move forward with the story. And I think if I guess next season, next season will be interesting because instead of starting, I guess from knowing nothing mm-hmm. like we do this season, they're gonna start from us knowing a good bit. Yeah, and, I'm and seeing where they take that, yeah. that's where where the interest comes from so that's what i'm excited for next season yeah to find out where they go with it yeah i'm excited and also simultaneously a little bit worried because i, I am think too. i think one of the huge strengths of this show was that aspect of we don't know you know proverbially right this yeah. entire season revolves around the unstable narration from david sure and we've lost that to an extent at the end of this season with yeah lenny disappearing into the dust you know we're what? not we're not completely disappearing, but you know, running off with Jermaine. Yeah, um, and that that presents, I think, a real uh, a forced exit in a way from that type of style, right? Well, yeah, and, and I think on top of that, um, that goes back to our idea that Lenny is the narrator. Right. Once Lenny started getting separation from David. You know, it wasn't that we didn't know what was going on. What we saw was, I mean, what we saw was kind of what we knew the characters saw. Right. Which is different than not having any idea if this is actually what the characters mm-hmm. see mm-hmm. or if this is in their mind or whatever. Because in this, I guess, in this asylum in, in David's mind or in Lenny's, wherever mm. it is, yep. um, they are, at least to some extent... Um, you know, it, they are separate. You know, yeah. Lenny isn't controlling David mm-hmm. uh, in this world. I mean, she she kind of is because she altered the memories and yep. stuff. But you know, it's more sedating than controlling. Yeah, and and not that that's bad by any stretch of the mind. Um, but I mean, I think I mean going back to episode. Um, well, mostly seven. Once you know, 
you know, Sid's trying to get out and yeah, and and all that all that stuff and she doesn't necessarily know how and also a, a little bit in six mm. a little bit in six towards the end once she once things finally start to come together mm. that's when you know that's when it starts going a little bit more generic because they have story plots they need to resolve and you know whatever going forward mm-hmm. Noah Howley the showrunner of this show amazing job yeah another show that he does uh that's also really great fargo really he i does did both not of know those shows yeah wow oh interesting so, i didn't know that actually the reason why i'm interested to see where it goes because mm-hmm. one he's done a great job with fargo he's done a great oh, job absolutely. with legion um so you know he's good and he has the goods he can do great stuff however fargo is each season is a self-contained story Taking place in a different generation. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know enough about Noah Hawley um, to know how he's going to jump from season to season on a show. Yeah. So there's a chance that you know his strengths lie in like a single season. There's a chance you know maybe like Mr. Robot, who a lot of people viewed as uh, one of the greatest you know first seasons ever, and then mm-hmm. kind of dropped off for the second season. Yeah. Um. Th- this show might succumb to some of those issues. Yeah, yeah, I really hope I really hope that um because so it's interesting that you mentioned the Fargo point because I think that's actually a really good possibility that they yeah. just jump forward to much like, you know, how David was given away and and for adoption, right? Because his yeah. father fought this creature, let's say, in theory. Yeah. Um we don't know what the real story is, obviously. Battle of the Minds. I wonder what other I wonder what character who has telepathic mind powers <laughs> who could possibly be his father. No who idea. knows? Who knows? Um, uh, well, as a, as a total side note, uh, I do want to know what the star said. What the what's that? What the star said. What the star said. What did the star say? We never. We that never resolved. We never. Yeah. That never got resolved. You have to stay tuned and watch these. Yeah. Okay. Um. But no, I, I think that'd be a really interesting way of doing it, right? You yeah. jump forward to the next generation of people, and, and now you know, you have that challenge of David trying to maybe help, older David trying to help somebody through this same problem. Mm-hmm. I think that could be really powerful. Um, mm. the, only, the only problem with that continuity-wise would be that I don't think Jermaine would be alive long enough. For that to happen. Yeah, I, I think there will be a jump of time. Yes. Just because there has to be in some way. You know, although David well, actually, just got carried off in an orb. Yeah, so... we didn't get to that part yet. You yeah. know, never mind. There's not going to be a jump of time. Yeah, they're going, no, well, they're, we can't. At yeah. least they're going to start with the immediate fallout of yes. what happened at the end of the episode. We should talk about that. We really should. Because... Uh, for two reasons. One, because it's getting late. And also, two, oh. uh, yes. it's not that late, but like. You know, also, yeah. my battery, or my computer only has 12% left. <laughs> we should probably wrap yeah, up some yeah, soon. Yeah, but yeah. whatever. Good time, natural se- uh, segue to what the fuck happened at yeah, the end no, of that episode. <laughs> I mean, my God. It's, so, you know, if you didn't yeah. watch the episode, by the way, if you listen to all the stuff and you haven't watched Legion, seriously? <laughs> guys, come on. Um, yeah, no. Like, it. Yeah, you've spoiled everything for yourself, and you've missed a great show, but that's okay. Yeah. 
because you can still watch it and still love it. It's good, probably. Um, but whatever. But whatever. So at the end of at the end of the uh, at the end of the episode after I guess, the, the credits, um, and, yeah. and, and the finale after the credits, uh, they have David and Sid, you know, on the porch talking about stuff i forget what they were talking about it was not important at mm-hmm. all the whole point of this scene is that eventually a drone flies up to the building looks at david david looks like oh that's a little cute little drone mm-hmm. um and then shoot, sucks him up sucks and him makes in, him mini makes him into a little thing kind of like he's sucked into a card in Yu-Gi-Oh, mm-hmm. like a Shadow Realm type thing, but also yeah. not exactly. It was weird. Or, I don't know. Is I what? can someone explain to me, please, the technology level of the place that we're dealing with? Because on one hand, we have like type we have typewriters basically, and then yeah. we have drones that suck up people into orbs and contain them. I think that I'm very I mean, confused. You are right in the fact that the technology <laughs> levels are inconsistent yeah um but i will say i don't think it matters no it's it's not a a show breaking thing by any means it's a world building it's a world building exercise yeah i mean i I think the fact that they have this is just adds to the ridiculousness Mm -hmm. craziness kind of at least adds at least to our minds of not knowing exactly what's going on is this like modern times or is this like in the 80s when the show first Mm -hmm. started i thought the show took place in the 80s i don't know why but hairdo i think was probably hairdo style was a little bit 80s ish color schemes were yeah yeah but yeah um yeah what yeah how who i also i also huh what? Here, here's where I get back to that uh, little what? bit that, that unresolved consistent Ooh. inconsistency right there, with D three yeah because uh if you know if they didn't send it yeah right because presumably they because presumably they're a piece now we assume I guess some sort of some sort of ceasefire at least has been arranged yeah. such that they didn't blow up Summerland with a missile yeah right so. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I mean, we'll find out, I guess. But, but I don't want to wait. I want to know. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. That was weird. That was a weird way to end a end a season. I mean, a real good hook. Yeah, like cliffhanger. Well, not cliffhanger. Hook, hook. Yeah, it was like, a good way to bring us into next season. Yeah. I think the whole point mm. of episodes seven and eight were to wrap up the first season mm-hmm. and just leave us a couple nuggets of where to take off for the next season. Yeah. Um so yeah, I'm excited for the next season. It's going to be good. I think it's going to be fun. You know, we might get some wheelchair action. I don't know what that means. Um I'm not sure what you were going with that. <laughs> Professor X it might be his dad. After Logan? It's Derek that's fair. Yeah, I, I, I'm pretty sure Legion's not related to. Not related to. Uh, It'd be real interesting though. They could. They could. They could do James McAvoy. Ooh. What? I mean, what if? What if? That be that would be such a. I, I have a theory as to how that's possible. Uh huh. Go in By episode seven. Mm-hmm. His self-conscious or the the rational part his, of his brain. Rational part of his brain. It was British. 
It was. It was British. It was very British. Guess who else is British? <gasps> Professor X. Crazy. So, I mean, could also food be for thought. British people are associated with rationality. But I mean that too. But yeah. also, eh, that's that's less fun for theorizing. That is true. It is true. Um, I, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely curious to see what direction they go with his dad. I'm very, very curious. Yeah, so we'll see. I yep. don't know. Hopefully it'll be good. Yeah, I'm down. It's going to so, be fun. All right. I think that's all I had. Speaking of things to stay tuned for, uh, as we wrap up, uh, shameless plug time. Uh, shameless plug. On with Errol Koenig. Um, I keep promising and promising that I'm going to get new episodes. I'm working on it. Um, I think I have a couple lined up for the next couple weeks, um, which hopefully work out. Um, so, you know, like and subscribe and uh, do all that stuff for On Set with Errol Koenig. Um, and then uh, for this episode, caught monolo- or for this show, Caught Monologuing, um, you should probably, you know, like it and on Facebook and subscribe on iTunes and SoundCloud and... Share also, it. share it and, you know, follow us on Twitter. And also, follow Ryan around if you want to in real life. <laughs> Ryan's not here to defend himself, so green light's on. Feel, feel free um, to stalk as much as you'd like. Yes, not me, Ryan. He's the, <laughs> the small, skinny one. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah, and we'll see you next time. Come on, monologuing. Bye, friends.